Hey everyone, and welcome to 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast where we get together to talk about, you guessed it, all things RPGs. I'm Steven Strom, I'm the managing editor of Fanbyte.com, and I am joined, as I so often am, by one John Warren, the editor-at-large of Fanbyte.com. Hi, Steven. I, I, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm out of my mind. Feels yeah. like five seconds before we started this podcast. Um, Natalie referred to your tones as dulcet. And yes. I think you're turning it up a little bit. Just Am like I? just a lip just like a skosh. You know what I mean? It's like it's I have like no idea what you could possibly be referring to, John. <laughs> See now absolutely I think you maybe, ridiculous too for you, you to insinuate maybe something you tried like that. to turn it down, but I think you turned it all the way up now. Oh my God, I, a character in Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a level five cleric. I've got uh, two feats unlocked, and uh, oh, look at all these cantrips! I'm just positively brimming <laughs> with cantrips. I can use Mage Hand. Oh, let's see, like Armor of Agathis. Oh, it's just the options are endless. I love it. Also, you should know that I'm also once again joined by featured contributor Natalie Flores of Fanbyte.com. Hi, how are you today, everyone? <laughs> I'm as amazing as ever. Yes. Jordo <laughs> called you Theseus in the chat, which is very <laughs> funny to me. What kind of vile fiend would ever call me Theseus? That's such a <laughs> that's such an unpleasant comparison. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, if you hadn't been able to guess, we're not actually here to talk about Hades, where the the, the first and only game to ever feature Theseus of Greek mythology, but we are here. <laughs> talk about Baldur's Gate 3, which just entered into early access yesterday. I think publicly entered early access. We've had a c access to it for a couple of days. At least two of us have. And we are uh, we are very excited for the game in general, because as everybody knows who has l even listened to this podcast, we are big Divinity Original Sin 2 fans over here, and this is the new game from the makers of that, Larian Studios, uh, although it is based on the wildly popular for its time, Bioware RPG series, uh, Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. Um, now, you know, kind of languished for about 20 straight years, actually. I think Baldur's Gate 2 was 2000. Jeez. That's a big mood. That's a... That's a that's I've cool. languished for... These games are so old. <laughs> They're so old at this point, and it doesn't feel that way. The year 2000, to me, feels like I was just in middle school or what. No, I wouldn't have even been in middle school. I would have been 10 years old. No? Yes. I was Ten years four old. years old. Hell yeah. I, mean, I, I was in high school at this point, but I don't know. I wasn't into this nerd shit. I was into mm. like, I was in like, I don't know, fucking time splitters or whatever. I don't know. Time splitters. Yeah. I was, I was into. That wasn't out yet. I don't know. What, I don't know what I was playing in 2000. What was I playing in 2000? I was video 15. games. Year 2000. Were you playing, playing video games? Playing was I crib? playing video games? Did you just no, ask Natalie, me I meant Natalie. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was four years old. I was... I, was I, I started when I was four. Uh, yeah, I think I started the year after or something with Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, but oh I wasn't God, that like... That was your first game? That My first big console game. What, what like a other... delightful start to your games career. That's yeah. a big yeah. one. That's I great. did play lots of Game Boy games before then, but I, I don't remember most of them. But they were like, um, there's a Dragon Tales Game Boy game. There's a Powerpuff Girls one. The Monsters, Inc. one was really good. I don't hmm. know if anyone played that joint, but that was good. Um, but uh, by the way, I'm looking at games that came out in the year 2000. Not the year much, 2000 huh? was a fucking banger yeah, year, huh? Oh, it was a banger year. What? It what was? Came out? 
We got Diablo 2, Deus Ex, no. the first Deus Ex, the first no. Sims, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater no. 2, Majora's Mask. Oh, I played Mask. a ton of that. I played a ton of Tony Hawk 2. That's, oh, for that's sure. For sure. Uh, Perfect Dark, Escape from Monkey Island, Final Fantasy 9, Baldur's Gate 2, oh, oh, yeah, Red yeah, Alert yeah, 2, yeah, Counter-Strike, yeah. the first Hitman, the first Paper Mario, uh, oh. Banjo-Tooie, Jet Set Radio is 2000, Marvel okay. vs. Capcom 2, Nolf, okay. No One Lives Forever. Um, you just thought it was the year that the best Final Fantasy came out. That's kind of good. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Vagrant so Story came out that same year. Grandia 2 came out that year? God damn. Sorry. And now Grandia 2 did come out that year. Out this year. And I feel like this year has been really good. I don't know. It's been Maybe good. It's just me. Maybe it's because I've also played more games than usual because I've been mm, like same. with us for like most of the year and so i decided to play more games and i'm covering more games but it's sure. been a really good fucking year for video it's been games. a good year it's been it good. has i feel like there have been a lot of dry spells just immediately followed by like hey here's six great games all coming out at the same time yes. yeah. um and i feel like that that has happened that has been the, the pattern in the past but it's usually been like here's oh everything comes out in spring and then or here's a few things that come out in spring and then summer is a nightmare and then autumn you know getting close to black friday that's when everything comes out but this year it's just been like every, well, every season is a nightmare yeah Yay. for like a week <laughs> in more ways than one every season is a nightmare. also this is a kind of circling back to the the year 2000 stuff but also it's weird to me to look at this list and see like oh final fantasy 9 came out that year on the playstation 1 and then also Dark Cloud came out because the PlayStation 2 came out it, like later that year. Came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's and a weird thing to think about. PlayStation 5 later this year. Like time Whoa. is a flat circle. Wow. <laughs> if you're lucky, the PlayStation 5 is coming out this year because apparently oh they've been canceling God. some people's pre-orders over at Target. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Sorry to Nikki. Mm-hmm. I need to check on mine. Anyway, but I did. I didn't play Baldur's Gate. I didn't play Baldur's Gate 2. In fact, yeah. it's kind of Western RPGs. And this is a, uh, you know what? I'm uh, the. Did any of us play? The king of the Segway. The first ones of these that I actually really played uh, were Divinity Original Sin. And oh wow, yeah, I just never really, yeah, yeah, I just never really got into these. And obviously, that's uh, a Larian joint, so we can talk about that a little bit. Same. I guess if we're disclosing our experience with Larian slash. Baldur's Gate. Uh, I did not play Baldur's Gate 1 or 2, and the only Larian game that I've played is Divinity Original Sin 2, but I think it's the best RPG ever, and it made me, like, a Larian fan for life, probably, so... I think I I think it makes sense. I, it's just such a good game that I'm like, I don't feel like I need to play all the other ones, especially since I don't really have the time, but... I'm just like in love with the games that Larian Studios makes, even though I've only played like one, but it's still yeah. valid. I did not play. I was playing games in 2000, but I was mostly playing um, I, games on Game Boy. I was playing a lot of Pokemon and a lot right. of um, real time strategy games. I was playing Red Alert uh, 2, actually, if it was to the year 2000, I definitely bought Red Alert 2 right when it came out. I remember my aunt taking me to Target because she worked at Target at the time and uh, would have get a discount. So whenever I wanted to buy a big game because I didn't have a ton of money because I didn't have a job, I would have my aunt uh, take me so I can go to shave off 10% or whatever. I did that on my PlayStation 3 at the time, too, because I was such a big purchase. Um, mm. And the, the most recent time that I played the uh, Baldur's Gate 3 was actually like a month ago during our uh, charity stream that we did with um, uh, oh, yeah. Ren. 
And I uh, played like the opening hours of that game. My understanding in the in retrospect is that like Baldur's Gate one is just very formative and very like important for the time. But it's Baldur's Gate two that yeah, is like looked back on as like the real classic. Right. Um, yeah, and Baldur's Gate three. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, that that's my read of how it has been historically taken as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Baldur's Gate 3 is a very different kind of game from what I saw in Baldur's Gate 1. Baldur's Gate 1 was a real-time, almost like Diablo-esque sort of thing with like more story and whatnot, obviously. But you're just kind of like standing around and guys are swinging swords at each other until one of them dies. And in this, we are going back to the Divinity Original Sin 2 well and actually probably the more faithful to Dungeons & Dragons, which, for the record, for people don't know, the Baldur's Gate games are set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe or one of the several Dungeons & Dragons Dragons universes, Faerun, um, and this one uses turn-based combat in the style of sort of an XCOM um, and a, well, again, Divinity Original Sin 2, but even down to some of the UI stuff, you can definitely see the influence yeah. of Larian games on this one. Yeah. Um, Natalie, I think you've played the most out of any of us here, and do you want to kick us off and just kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of what's going on in this one? Yeah, so I played 11 hours between Friday and Saturday. The, the embargo thing was a little weird in that we got a patch on Sunday that was going to fix a lot of sort of graphical and technical errors, which, spoiler alert, there's a lot of them that we mm-hmm. will talk about. It's still um, now. They've, yeah. they've, pat- they've been patching it, but boy, it's still pretty broken yeah, as of this morning. Yeah, they're working hard at it. And I, I, again, like I... I wrote a preview on Baldur's Gate 3 that's up on the site since yesterday, and I can't stress it enough. Like, I I am amazed at how this was put out at all. I can't believe that something this complex and intricate um, was <laughs> shipped in the middle of a pandemic, even if it's an early access. So that is absolutely, like, any, at least speaking for myself, any discussion of the glitches and whatnot like to me that's all stuff that can be ironed out especially in early access and again it's the middle of the pandemic so i'm not really inclined to care that much about it even though i'll also be discussing it um but yeah that patch was to was intended to fix a lot of things but it also deleted your entire save and i was like um i'm not gonna i don't have time to redo 11 hours worth of content especially like we, we got the game on friday and then that patch came out on sunday and it's like by then i've already made enough progress right. that i'm not going to just replicate all this very easily like maybe if i played the first hour and escaped the ship uh prologue like fine but <laughs> that was already so much content that i had done um so i probably won't be diving back into the game for multiple reasons anytime soon even though i really want to um yeah but can, and can we'll I, get to that later. can i ask just i mean because i think it makes sense for us to dive into the game in a second but i do want to talk about the conditions in which this game has been released in the early access i want to say first of all i think it's very odd on its face to release a game like this in early access i think that's very weird um, yeah, I hear that they did the same thing with Divinity Original Sin 2, which I, I did not know until... That. Yeah, I, I didn't did. remember that at all. So when I when I fired this up and played it, I immediately had the first like twinge of none of this matters. This is going to get 
fucking evaporated at, you know, at some point, I just know it, you know? And so that kind of affected me right from the outset of just kind of feeling like, well, this big narrative experience with these decisions that make a big difference in your playthrough um, are probably going to go away. And that's my perception of kind of releasing a game like this in early access. So it's an interesting move. I, do you, do y'all know about, like, do y'all know why Larian is kind of attached to this model, I guess, of doing it this way? Because I think it's odd for this kind of game. I don't know. That's what I've been you, thinking about no. since yesterday, because I, I don't know. I was hoping Steven might, but... I, I've not asked them. I'm um, sure we're going to be in contact with them a whole bunch. A whole bunch. We've definitely received a ton of emails from them um, because of a bunch of different things. Um, Jordan says Jordan because says, of crowdfunding, which was is... Was this crowdfunded? This one was not crowdfunded. This was not Elder crowdfunded. Was Divinity not, uh, was, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I get, like, that is a good reason to do it, I think. I think, like when I heard that they had this license, which is, a, you know, it's like, that's a, that's a big one. And, you know, they're obviously pulling out all the stops for this. It just is a little surprising to me. So it certainly is. Yeah. That's definitely of, not standard procedure. No, it, that not for like a big license game like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, uh, Jordan mentions. Yeah. Original sin one and two were kickstarters and th um, that's true, but Baldur's gate three was not, um, yeah. as far as I know, because the Baldur's gate is owned by wizards of the coast, a very bad company, uh, <laughs> very bad management, um, at the top of it. Uh, and you know, it would be wild. I mean, shit like that has happened before they yeah. kickstarted Shenmue three and announced the Kickstarter at a, at a Sony three uh, press conference. Right. If you all remember, <laughs> which was fucking bonkers. That was really strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Watsy, I don't think is in that kind of um, position. Watsy being wizards of the coast, uh, like they're the people who make dungeons and dragons and um, what do you call it? Magic, the gathering, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, they also yeah. own the Cyberpunk license now. So technically Cyberpunk 2077 oh, is them. Right. And they also oh. make, let me see, looking at my note. They also make bad choices. They mm -hmm. also make um, bad PR decisions. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a, um, there was a, I forget the name and I'm very uh, sorry about this because I should have actually gotten it ready before and this because there was a big, uh, I want to say medium article or something like that about someone who left there because of like, very shitty behavior around the, um, yeah. their Racism race. And yeah. also uh, they're non-binary. So yeah. there's also a lot of gender discrimination and it was not surprising, but um, we'll definitely include that link in the show notes. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. Um, I think that would be good context for our listeners to have, but yeah. basically it's, it's a very surprise problematic company. There's a shortage of those obviously. Going around. Yeah, we needed one more for this year to just kind of balance out how good everything has been going. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, karmically, too much, too I think. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so that uh, yeah, I was also thinking about that because I was like, like what I ended my preview piece on is that I'm used to early access for multiplayer games that don't have like a strong story, like right now. Every night, basically, I'm playing the early access of uh, Phasmophobia, which is wonderful and incredible, and I adore it. But it's like, like this is nothing really new in terms of like, like I'm used to doing early access for 
um, you know, multiplayer games that are just like, they'll add features in, but it's nothing that, it's not like this, that has a really rich lore and a developing universe and characters that are going to be growing and changing throughout the course of the story. And so I'm wondering like, how are my choices going to change because of early access? Like, how is this gonna, right. you know, turn out down the road? Um, I, I know that Hades had its early access and that was also a reason why I stayed away from Hades for so long, even though I have numerous close friends who have specifically been on that, games journalist friends who have been on that beat since <laughs> the early access came out. And it's like, I would have rather waited for the 1.0 release. And I think that is yeah. most people, but I also, I see the the appeal and also the necessity is sort of, and the intention here, like I, I can't imagine there's much of a better way to get feedback, especially during a pandemic and working from home or like whatever odd, um, you know, uh, working situations they've figured out that are safe for all the employees. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely weird. And I think it definitely plays a part in like whether you, want to commit to it now or you're deciding to wait for the 1.0 release like i am which is at least going to take a year according to larian studios i mean the thing i would say about hades too like hades is such a, a massive i know you said that you didn't want to jump in on it um until 1.0 but like hades is thanks to its uh early access period like it's early access period is such a like a huge success story it's like maybe one of the best early access yes. success stories of right. all time and the way that they handled that and like made it feel good and important to continue playing that game all throughout the early access process mm -hmm. and not like you were just wasting your time um and that had the benefit two benefits which is one it was a run-based game it's a it's a roguelike yeah. uh and and two they were you know they being super giant games the studio behind it going for a very specific kind of new roguelike or or doing things with roguelike that people don't usually do which is that it is a roguelike with a lot of story stuff and like tons and tons and tons and tons of dialogue there's like i forget the exact uh number that was going out out there but it was like greg kasavin was talking about how he had written like three thousand lines of dialogue for that game in like the last year or something like that or something maybe more than that i can't remember exactly maybe i'm skewing that and it's like thirty thousand. i forget exactly but like that's a game where you die over and over and over again and restart and then all throughout the early access process you're gaining power and leveling up and stuff like that and gaining resources that is just going to carry over into the final build because you're meant to play it over and over again and beat it eventually um mm -hmm. multiple times uh this is a game that you can play through it multiple times and a lot of people do play these games that way but i would say that that is probably the minority of people who play mm -hmm. these like really big choice driven games it's like ah i want to start over as a new character class so that i can see what choices uh you know i make and what kind of consequences those have if i side with this faction or whatever but that's like a commitment that's not hades where it's like the the repetition is part of the inherent experience that is a i am choosing to be a hardcore or motherfucker about this thing. Um, and, I think you hit the nail yeah. on the head. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's very strange. The only thing I can think of is, um, especially with coming off of Original Sin 2 and playing the fucking tactician mode that we've talked about on this show before. Um, <laughs> that uh, game is like really, 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 really big on 
builds and character abilities and balance and combat and stuff like that. This is also very combat driven and fucking brutally hard on top of being very buggy, which is a <laughs> kind of nasty combination. Uh, and the best I can think is that they're the, the reason that they would want to do a, uh, early access period is to really, really balance out the combat encounters and the classes and such. That's the yeah. best I can think. Yeah. What? Yeah. Do we oh. want to talk about the bugs a little bit and maybe like the, the, and how the state of the, now that we've, you know, kind of established that this is early access and it's kind of strange. Do we want to talk about the state of the, this early access build right now, which is pretty rough, I would say. It's, it's, it's rough. Um, I, I don't think my issues were as glaring as the ones you two have. I'm curious because I know that we have like a group chat for 99 yeah. potions and I know that y'all sent some text about the bugs that y'all had run into. Yeah. 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 I, I only had one. I, I only played this game for about an hour and I, I got to a, um, I got to a, a screen where I needed to traverse some treacherous landscape. And then once I, once I did it, I got across this like gap. Um, the camera just, it just wouldn't, um, kind of get back to where it should have been and Oof. uh and i just kind of watched my characters like run off the map and then just got i actually wish i'd captured it they basically just ran off into the next area and my camera just stayed um, <laughs> well, you don't watching, need them you don't need watching you know. the environment where i was just like well this is either some really cool trick and something weird's about to happen <laughs> or uh it is a bug and i was i was like did i did i click something that basically did a free camera and now I've just not clicked it over, but that wasn't what happened. So that was just kind of like a weird um, kind of, you know, it was kind of a game breaker, honestly, because I was just like, well, okay, I can't progress and I can't yeah. see anything. So bye, you know, and I, <laughs> uh, and I, I shut it down to, to presumably start it back over. I will probably dip back into this to see if, if those things, persist or or whatever because i think the rest of the game is interesting which we can we can get to in a second but yeah there, it's definitely some bugs i would say yeah i mean i've i've run into game breakers as well i've run into some funny ones which i think is mostly what you run into natalie if i'm mm. not mistaken mm -hmm. um one of my favorite funny ones this morning was i um <laughs> i tried to hang out with shadow heart which is one of the sort of like first real companions that you get like in the story once you've um chef's kiss once you've uh, gotten past the prologue and while I say that one second while I get uh, while I peel this cat off of my computer uh, who <laughs> just decided to um, sneak behind there and try to chew on cords while I'm here one second <laughs> hey get out of there speaking of cats you can't pet a cat in Baldur's Gate 3 but you can't pet a dog yeah I, I feel like now we're at the point where people are just doing that to get on the Twitter account yep they definitely, you know what I mean? they definitely are and I've, that was the first thing I thought of it. when I saw the dog and then I was like I'm gonna pet it though uh, yeah no of course I'm I mean, pet it just like Hades I, I'm a sucker for it yeah 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 I pet that I pet that good boy every single time every I die. single time I died it's yeah. like I know there's not gonna be any new dialogue but I can't resist petting it mm -hmm. so. 
Well, the uh, the speaking of new dialogue, the thing I was just referring to a second ago was with the glitch. I went to go meet uh, Shadowheart, and she hated my fucking guts because I rolled a character that was a Githyanki, which is a Ooh. is a race a race that uh, plays very important uh, roles in this particular story. And she didn't like that. Um, and I failed a persuasion check to get her to hang out with me. And she left. And I was like, all right, well, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, bye. Bye. She literally like, it just like, yeah, if you see me again, fucking go the other way. And then just like left the screen. And I was like, all right. And then I, <laughs> I went the other direction because it was like kind of a branching path. And the other direction is a big combat encounter. Went there, got immediately fucking killed by three monsters that all had way more health than me and killed me in two hits. Um, and then I reloaded because this game's autosaves are incredibly brutal. Again, um, got to back to that conversation with Shadowheart, tried a different dialogue option. She did join me. And when she joined me, she's like, all right, I'll come with you. And one thing about this game is that unlike Divinity Original Sin 2, when you talk to characters, the camera is like dynamic and um, cinematic in the way that like uh, a uh, Mass Effect or Dragon Age is. Yep. They look like um, they all look like cutscenes, and it's, they all look it's, like real cutscenes. It's wonderful when you've spent like an hour in character creator. Not like I did that. Um, no, of course not. Not that I would never do that myself either. I would never talking? do that. But if you spent like over an hour in there, you you get your rewards. You, you, you get do. rewarded for that. And, and I will say, actually, like the, the character models and just the game in general are when they when they look when they're working because they're not like glitching out or the they're just unfinished animations the game looks fucking gorgeous it's amazing yes, sometimes gorgeous. the lighting and cutscenes so is so good like for all for what we're talking about in terms of graphical glitches and all the other functional glitches in terms of like the art style and the actual visuals themselves like the game is gorgeous it's like the next generation RPG game that I've yeah. wanted, like just looking at my character in cutscenes and seeing her pores and seeing her her curly hair. There's curly hair. There's long hair. We finally made it. There, we finally made it to long hair in RPGs, and I am so happy about it. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's it's a gorgeous game. Again, when it, it is. when things are working. And you know, it was it's it was it's double gorgeous in during this glitch for me because when I was talking to Shadowheart, she joined my crew and she's like, All right, let's go. And it's like, you know, the, the camera is, you know, tight on her kind of like profile, showing her like talking to me. Um and she just she's like, All right, let's go. But she just keeps standing there and the game like spawned in a second one of her behind her who like <laughs> fell out of the sky and then like just walked through her body and like walked over to me to join me while she, the one I was talking to, just kept talking. So there was two of her, one who just kept standing there and one who like actually did the animation to walk towards me, uh, which was just fucking amazing. It was very funny to me. I guess you can't really complain because it's double shadow heart and shadow I mean, yeah, mad cute. I also had had a really funny uh glitch for the shadow heart as well i think she she's a source of many glitches and she will continue to be the source of many glitches as well as like heart palpitations for a lot mm. of us um but so uh wait sh should we should we talk about the story like lay it briefly at yeah. least okay so um so basically steven already talked about how this 
takes place in a sort of Dungeons and Dragons universe of Faerun. Um, Faerun. But basically, yeah, Faerun. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Yes, um, of course. <laughs> Faerun. I know everything about Faerun and uh, the, the Forgotten Realms. Drizdo Erden of the Underdark. Um, I really want to hear you in an RPG, though. Um, but yeah, so like there, even though that's the case, there is an immediate hook in this even if you're not invested in either Dungeons and Dragons or Baldur's Gate 3. And so the immediate hook is that you are the pirate character and you have been taken aboard the ship of the Mind Flayers, which uh, attack Faerun. Faerun? Faerun? Yeah, Faerun. Faerun. Uh, they're like psychics. They're, they're psychic, um, buh, 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 what do you call them? Like they're, Cthulhu's. They look like they're, like they're, they're, they're octopi. Let's yeah, just, they're just they're, they're just big octopus people. Yeah, they're big octopus people. They're very bad in Dungeons and Dragons. They're like very high level, really yeah. tough enemies that uh, will kick your fucking ass. Yeah, and they do that here too. And so basically, what happens is that they have taken uh, many people prisoner. You are one of them, and so they have implanted this tadpole mind flayer in your brain which is meant to develop and grow over a short period of time and transform you into part of the mind flayer army uh but essentially what happens is that you outlive that very short time frame the effects should be immediate but you and people like lazel who you meet on the ship that you're captured and when you're trying to escape it and you try to escape together um and Shadowheart, uh gale will Asterian, and uh, are those all the people in the party? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, those are all the people in the party. Um, all of you have been in the same position. You had a mind flayer tadpole implanted in your brain, but you've outlived, for sure, for certainty, you've outlived the very short uh, time like the gestation period yeah. that should yeah. turn you into a mind flayer. Yeah, but. you don't. You're not experiencing the effects. At least you don't experience them until later on. I managed to get to a section where you kind of start to um, see the effects a little bit, but not not to the rate that it should be. And so you're on this quest together to figure out why uh, those mind flayers were implanted in your brain, um, why you were picked, uh, why it is that you haven't been developing any symptoms, and why you haven't become a monster already um and that's a strong enough hook for a lot of people including me just because it's it's an rpg um it's like you're the chosen one and so you're figuring out why i think that's like a very common classic type of hook so even if you're yeah. not into baldur's gate 3 or dungeons and dragons it's really easy to get invested in just why am I not developing these symptoms and why am I not already a mind flayer? Um, so it's a good little mystery that they start things off of. Yeah. 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 It has a really good intro where you are, you're on board this ship. The ship uh, gets attacked by Githyanki who are mind flayer hunters. Um, and you like are trying to escape because the mind flayer ship, uh, the Nautiloid, I think is what it's called is yeah. like, um, you know, cr crumbling and crashing and about to fall apart. And so it's like jumping through dimensions to escape these uh, hunters. And then you crash land finally on the ship um, after kind of doing battle with some demons through hell because the one of the dimensions that they kind of jump through to, to escape is, is in a hell dimension. And then yeah. you crash on like a, on a beach. 
and and the in that hell dimension there are three monoliths that that mm-hmm. that that display the number three like the Baldur's Gate <laughs> like, the Baldur's, like, Gate like Baldur's Gate three and I was like okay I saw what y'all are doing there. but they're like okay. they're like these weird long inverted pyramids that like yeah, are I mean, crackling cool with red lightning. It, yeah. it looks incredible. Like the the, yeah. the shots of like when you enter hell, the, the design of this like living ship itself. It's like a Final Fantasy IX airship with squid tentacles growing out of it, basically. Yeah. Yes. Uh, getting attacked by these kind of goblin people on red dragons that are like shooting fireballs into it's it and stuff like that. fucking dope intro. It, it's it, so it good. It's really cool. It yeah, is. Yeah. And, and that then title you, card drop. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, yeah, fucking, yeah. I'm such a good fucking stuff. sucker for a late title card. Me it's too. such a good one. Oh. oh. Uh, this game this game is really good um so far in a lot of ways uh but yeah so getting back to the not so great parts um so that's that's the introduction of the story and so you get the companions very early on it's not like persona 5 where you get haru like 50 hours into the game or something um but yeah, and so at this point, I had all my party members uh, in the camp, which uh, the way that socializing in this game functions is that there there will be banter, there will be um, dialogue options that you'll have as you talk to them on the road. Um, when you make decisions, uh, certain characters will approve and disapprove, especially Asterion. He's a little bitch who disapproves with everything, <laughs> <laughs> of everything that I do. Um, and so... Yeah, and so that is how it functions on the road. But uh, whenever you want, you have the option to return to your camp to end the day. And so essentially, the socializing happens in that sort of hen- uh, central hub. It's kind of like when, you know, during Mass Effect, like you're it's returning in a planet. To the yeah, and you come back to the ship, and that's when you sort of touch base with everyone. You kind of do the same in the camp uh, whenever you decide to finish a day or get some rest, which I, I did like so often. Like I finished, I sped through the days because I was just like, I need more healing. I need to like restore my, my spell yeah. points. And that's like the only way to do that. So... Because it's using Dungeons and Dragons 5e mechanical system, which is basically every time you go into combat, you get on each turn for each character, unlike Divinity Original Sin 2, where you just had a set number of action points and you could use those action points however you wanted, as long as you budgeted them correctly per turn. Now it's, um, you know, this move counts as an action, so you can do that once this turn, and this thing counts as a bonus action, so you can do that this turn, and that's it. And then you can move. It is D&D. It is Dungeons and Dragons. Like, we we should talk about that. I mean, I want to let Natalie finish those points, but like, that aspect of it is something I definitely want to talk about for yeah, know, same. Minutes Me or too. So. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that after because I think I think Stephen is very knowledgeable on that. Whereas I have never, as as much as I love RPGs and that is probably my favorite genre, and I've played them since I was little. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I have been tempted to play it. I have had a bunch of friends be like, "Hey, let's play," and but but that's a, a time and energy investment so it's not one that i feel like i've had the opportunity to do let me just say natalie if you were to play if you were to get a group together of people to play a tabletop rpg play a different one there are so many better ones out there (laughs) they're good yeah 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 Specifically, I think there are ones out there that you would enjoy way more than than something even as crunchy as dnd which is not crunchy crunchy but which is to say like um crunchy in the sense that um you know, like uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has crunch. Uh, it's crunchy in the sense of like 
um, you know, math and numbers and caring about like how much your fucking encumbrance level is. There's like uh, Jordo says in the discord call here, uh, monster hearts and, uh, you know, things like dungeon world blades of the dark, things that are way more story focused and way more like live with the consequences of your actions. I think based on what I know of you, especially after like just talking to you on this podcast and also knowing who you are, but also reading your interpretation of this game in your preview, I think you would just much rather play a lot of the more story driven stuff than D and D ever is. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll be hitting y'all up for like a recommendation of like, you know, tabletop games that Natalie would love because Natalie doesn't know what she would love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah okay. So, so getting back to my original point because I'm sorry, I keep going off on a tangent. Uh, but yeah, so that's how you socialize. You go back to the campaign, you touch base with people, and then at the end of the day, you'll all go into your bad roles and sometimes there's a scene after you do and like in between the times that you wake up but uh usually you just kind of go around and chat and so this particular night was a little interesting because Asterian uh who is this um he is a he's technically an elf but he is a a vampire and this is the night when you figure that out because you are trying to sleep in your bad role and he's been awake every night the entire time uh, of course everyone does like different um shifts in terms of watching uh just because that's like the sensible thing to do but he's always been awake at night so i mean i think it's pretty obvious that he's a vampire but for some reason my bitch didn't know until like <laughs> that time <laughs> that exact moment that she saw his canines and so uh, or like his fangs um and so uh, what happens is that she is trying to go to sleep and she feels him coming up behind her and he's like oh shit um or however he does his beautiful sexy voice oh shit or something like that (laughs) and so he uh he basically is like um well i'm really hungry and i've been uh, you ran into a boar on the road uh maybe the day before that had been uh utterly just like its blood had been sucked out It, it was dead but there were no other sort of like signs of a struggle or anything and you're like huh that's weird and so he reveals that yeah like i've been feasting i try to just feast on animals because that's like the right thing to do and but it's not enough and so i'm really hungry and so i would really appreciate it if you just gave me your neck so that i could suck your blood and i'm not gonna lie that was like really hot i was like okay (laughs) i was like sure and then the scene that happens as like the narrator because there's a narrator here just like in divinity original sin 2 but in this one feminism one and it's a woman narrator instead of it a male narrator. It's, a, it's a very cool narrator I yeah think. i love the narrators that she's got like Larry a really good like kind of winky knowy kind of it's, like yeah. tone to everything like that where she's just like it's, it's a little shitty like yeah. like in a good way it's yeah. a little yeah. like, like she's a little bit snide yeah she it, it's it doesn't overstay its welcome to me it's just kind of like Oh yeah, you noticed this. It's just it's very sly. Look at which this I think fucking is thing. Look, look at it's a fucking brain that talks yeah. to you. What a it's, fucked up thing that is, huh? That you nice. walked into. I, I kind of I kind of dig it. Yeah, I adore it. I first of all, the voice acting is superb. Yeah, it's, really it's some yeah. of the best that I have heard, and that is a very sort of high bar with the quality of voice acting that we've gotten, especially this year, like the last of us two had incredible, you know, acting. Um, but 
this just it's always been a thing like we've said before in regards to divinity originals and to like the voice acting that larian um employs in its games is fantastic and so incredible and impeccable um but yeah so like this he was like totally my king not gonna lie like like I, he was just like I'm gonna suck your blood. And until this point, I was like, oh, you little bitch. Because I every time that I decided something or said something or made a choice, like I decided to help some innocent little farmer girl or something, as like Asterian disapproves. And I was like, you little bitch, like what do you want? Like, I'm trying to be nice to people. But like then he did that and I was like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe he made some points. Maybe I shouldn't have helped the poor yeah, farmer fuck girl. That farm girl. <laughs> the farmer girl and it was such the way that the narrator narrates it too i was like "Ooh, i don't know if the quarantine is just getting to me but as darian hello (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like i was so over the moon it was like a really nice scene very nicely written it was it was hot it was hot i was like "Ooh, i think because i've decided to romance shadow heart um but I'm now I'm stuck between Shadowheart and Asterion, and it'll take over a year for me to realize which one it will be in the end. So um. and they could be completely different characters in six months too. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Because yeah, I I part. know that I had said before um, I was going to romance if possible. I don't know if it was possible. Raphael, who actually showed up the previous night um, or the night after, I just knew by that point I was like, mm, no, because like. Okay, I'm going to put it in the chat, so it's not really helpful for our listeners, sorry. But, like, this is what he was sold to me before, okay? And this is how he appears in the game. And I feel like that's a very significant difference. Like, I feel, like, when I first saw him in the game, I was like, oh, it's human Shrek. Right. <laughs> human Shrek. And so it looks like human Shrek from Shrek 2. And so I was like, no. I don't think <laughs> does it really? I don't, I don't know, know about does. that, Natalie. Does it look like human Shrek? <laughs> human it Shrek looks, looks like, like fucking a Homer Simpson, like a realistic Homer like Simpson. The hair, this is not has, human Shrek. That's not human has, Shrek. Okay, okay, wait. He has a human form. And where do I have it on me? Wait, no. I mean, he has a human form, but does oh, his fucking head has human form? I have it right here. I have it right here. He, he does his forehead like trade places with his fucking chin? I don't know, look, Natalie. Doesn't he look like human Shrek in that screenshot? Uh, he looks like fucking Lord Farquaad. I was literally going to say that, Joe. <laughs> He looks, he looks like, like Farquaad. Looks, okay, he looks like a mix of human Shrek and Lord Farquaad if he was taller. Okay, and so I was just kind of like, that's not the really fucking for me. cryptid of tall Farquaad is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Baldur's Gate boldly introduces tall Farquaad to, to, to the fucking canon. And this is Raphael, and so I was just kind of like, and it's really close to my dad's name, so I was just kind of like, you know, I think that really seals the deal. Like, the tall Farquaad slash human Shrek. I was kind of like, okay, I'm over it, and I don't think I can romance him anyway. They might add it later on, but it's, see, like, like, like it's anyways um (laughs) i I stand by this it wasn't just because i had spent 10 hours like and by that time like when i my last session of Baldur's gate 3 i went to bed and i i took my sleeping pills early because i was like i'm too fucking tired like brain brain small like i am so 
I'm such a stupid gamer. Like this game is so hard. And so I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go to sleep because I have to work tomorrow anyway. So um, I swear it wasn't just the like exhaustion of a day of playing Baldur's Gate 3. I, I stand by it. Okay. I will let the people judge when they listen to this podcast. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I, I, the only thing I'll say about the comparison is. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put Tall Farquad outside the room and just close the door, okay? Um, but uh, I, like the difference between the the Demon Man in the first image and the Demon Man in the second image is, frankly, I would say graphical uh, like graphical power. There's like better lighting in that first image. There's yeah. like a, a slightly better skin tone, not be- not better, but I just mean it looks more rendered in a realistic way. Yeah. I would I would say. Also, um, I feel like his hair looks ears. nicer. It looks right. like gelled back, and yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. nice like shade of black and like he he, he looks like a character you make in like a WWE 2K game or something, right? Because those one. games it, like allow you to just make weird monstrosities. Yeah, yeah they they allow yeah. you to do crazy shit, but it doesn't look quite right. Right. So I agree with you. There is a difference. Between those there's things. there's a huge difference. My man was a catfish. And so <laughs> I mean, it's well, here's the thing. It's early access, right? Yeah, feedback. when I download dating apps again, I'm going to be like, y'all, if you look at me in real life and you're disappointed, this is just my early access version. Like, it's all right. Like, I will, I will, I will buy you a video game of your choice if you send Larian Studios the note in their their bug reports. That is, this guy looks like Tall Farquaad, and just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I'll find a way to do it. I'll find a way to do it. But okay, but, uh, so yeah. Oh God, I've gone so out of a tangent. Okay, so Tall Farquaad aside. Okay, so so. I've illustrated that my heart is between Shadowheart and Asterian. And Asterian came in the middle of the night and he was like, ooh, I'm going to like suck your blood. And I was like, ooh, yes. And so that happened. And so I was like, I was on cloud nine. I was like, oh, shit, that just happened. Like, I love that for me. Like, I don't know. It's for me in RPGs. And he had just told me. And, and while he does that, I think either the, the night before or the night after he tells you like oh yeah oh yeah the night after because you you get to talk to him afterwards and you're like so about last night he was like yeah so basically i am a vampire who was enslaved and so essentially he talks about how um vampires are created by other vampires and so technically there is like a lower class of vampires and a higher class of vampires um just because like he talks about the hierarchy and it's really interesting because he talks about how when a vampire converts someone else into another vampire, essentially what should happen is that they're on equal footing, but why would anyone want that? Why would like van- old time vampires, like veteran sort of vampires want, you know, a system in which they don't have the majority of power? So they, there are people that they will turn into vampires so that they can enslave them as lesser vampires. And he was one of those types of vampires. Um, gotcha. And so it's like, it, it gets to me. Cause I'm like, Ooh, like, 
a white-haired, tragic, like, enslaved boy in an RPG with dragons and magic in it. I've not had that before, huh? Fenris Dragon Age <laughs> 2. And so there's some... I, for me, it's either... I guess it's either the war criminals or the sad boys who want to forge a path in life because he... He takes a very interesting approach to the situation because whereas everyone is just eager to get the tadpole out of their minds, he's kind of like, yeah, I want to save a, I want to save myself from this. But it's like, I'm pretty good. Like, I don't want to go back home. I don't want to go back to my master. I, I want to just like, you know, be free and carve my own path in life. And so and, and it's totally understandable. Um so this is all to say that he kind of like was stealing my heart that night. Um, so I, when when he finishes sucking my blood, like I go check on Shadowheart because I just try to get every excuse to talk to her and annoy her. <laughs> and you just go brag about it. You're like, wow. I'm like, blood wait, sucked. I need I need a little Shadowheart to remind myself of the path that I had chosen because I was totally set on Shadowheart before then. Like I said, I was like, oh, Asterion, you little bitch, like shut up. I helped this farmer girl, and so I went to check on her, and she was just murdered in her bedroll. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> like Shadow her bedroll. Yes, and her her bedroll was just covered in blood, wow. and so she was dead. And I had to use a scroll of revival to resurrect her, and so it worked. But every night, the the bed was not cleaned, so she would just go to sleep into a bedroll just absolutely drenched in blood like and fucking have trying to make a sims Sorry. character sleep in their fucking own filth every right, single right, night right. like there's the a kind puddle of vibe in the corner yeah, 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 yeah. and that was kind of turning me off on her not gonna lie how i was like die? girl <laughs> clean that Wait, shit how, how did like, she die I, I don't know i don't know it was a bug from the game oh, okay or, i was about like like, like there was no explanation there was okay. no bold? like there, if that's a choice that is bold there like, was well, no bold, right because there was bold, bold, i'm thinking it was a glitch and that goes to my point of like this is a funny glitch that happened with Shadowheart because right. there was no dialogue prompt there was nothing that told me that for example asterion tried to suck her blood instead of mine yeah. and he accidentally killed her or something to the point that <laughs> like i said that scene worked for me so at one point during the scene you got the option to be like hey like you said you'd only suck a little blood so you can hop off now and i was like no just just suck do all it. that shit just just keep do going it, until you're, do it you coward yeah, yeah i was just like just go all the way until i passed out and i was like i'm fine with that like, stop trying to hit me and hit me yeah <laughs> and so i'm like well if he sucked my blood then he should have been satisfied and he shouldn't right. have killed Shadowheart. and it, the scene the was thing. specifically crafted to you know explore that he wanted to suck just he went for your blood not anyone else's so i'm right. just like what what happened here and if he sucked her blood then why is blood all over her right because i think they i think <laughs> in messy, the previews for this game <laughs> there's a very inefficient vampire technique <laughs> right? a real messy messy boy <laughs> messy eater yeah oh, sloppy messy over eater. there mm, sloppy messy the thing is i think they have talked in in previews and stuff like that literally t using this as an example of like hey if you don't give him um, your blood, he won't be able to control his urges and he will go after other party members that are in your camp or oh. you can encourage him to go after other party members in your camp instead of you and then you'll keep his secret and stuff like that. But this seems to me like there was like a weird sequence breaking thing where like the game didn't get the memo 
Yeah, I did get the memo that I was a whore. <laughs> exactly. And like, that should be the most just, obvious thing I was in the just world. like, suck it, bro. Like, just like, I'm all good with it. <laughs> and just like, go off. And like, the game didn't Why register. Why didn't you tell me you were like this? I would have been cooler. <laughs> we could have been doing this for weeks and you didn't say anything? <laughs> you didn't say that. Come on, dude. And so I'm like, it just didn't register my whole activities in the middle of the night. And so like... I, it felt invalidating and also just fucking weird because I was like, why? Why did she die? Like, I had... It, it was so That's nonsensical. Wild. But you would think there would at least be a line of dialogue where she's like, how the fuck did I die? <laughs> yeah, she, she was. She, she, like, I just revived her and she was like, oh, Thank it's you. you again. And I'm like, bitch. <laughs> and she just goes to sleep every single night in her bloody bedroll. And I'm like, girl, you don't want to, like, at least try to, like, make someone else sleep in there every once in a while. Just kind of, like, I don't know, like, bribe them or something. It was, like, not hot. And so I was like, oh, well, okay, that that was weird. At, at other times, it was less egregious stuff, and it was more like... So there was this one scene that I also mentioned in the preview where it was a really touching quest with this tiefling bard, because um, there is a sort of conflict between the tieflings and the halflings and um, immigration and refugees because there's a war going on and people are trying to, you know, escape and find solace and refuge in different places. And so um, this tiefling that's sort of in this um, camp where the tiefling uh, refugees are trying to be pushed out by the halflings. Um, she's sort of sitting outside of the camp and she she's a bard and she's she's playing a song and she's trying to write it, but she's really struggling to. And it's basically because um, it's about her teacher who was killed only a short while ago. And so she's struggling to find the lyrics to really honor her memory. Um, and so I, I help her with the song. She she gives me a flute to help her, but instead of that, I decide to be a sort of therapist and I talk to her about her grief. And through that grief, she is able to find the words to honor her teacher. And it was really touching. And there's this beautiful scene afterwards where she starts singing the song. And again, like just as with the voice acting, like the singing and the lyric like songs in this game, especially the one in the custom, like, the character customization screen like the music is beautiful in this game and so this is no exception and it was a really touching scene the lyrics were super sad and i wanted to tear up but then i was too focused on the fact that her lips weren't moving as she was singing like <laughs> right she was, was just like, she was like in Baldur's gate idol and she was just like not moving her lips but she was singing her heart out and i was like oh Oh no, this yeah. is this is distracting, and that that just tended to happen a lot. Like Shadowheart would talk to me, and I'd be like, "Girl, I'm so in love with you," but she wouldn't move her mouth while she was telling me that I was like annoying. And I was like, "Oh, well, that kind of like defeats the purpose a little bit." But it's stuff that can, you know, that can be fixed easily. But there are well, I have yeah. heard of game breaking glitches. Uh, for John, me. you it sounded like you were running into some bugs yourself in the very short time you played. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there were things that just I I were in in my view just kind of like okay, well, this takes me right out of it and I have to I have to start over. So, I mean, yeah, someone randomly dying in the camera deciding to just like you know, not follow your, your yeah. <laughs> protagonist into the next area. 
Um, yeah, those seem to be pretty big ones. Um, I mean, yeah. in, in my case, I had it like when I got killed by those fucking um, living brains right after Shadowheart told me to fuck off. Um, I reloaded, got her on my team by ch- picking a different option, and then we both went into combat and then both got killed um, one after the other because we got one shot to death by the, the by the monsters uh, and had no option to protect ourselves whatsoever. And then the yeah. game put up the tutorial of like, this is how you br- raise like a, a downed ally this is how you like keep them in the in the game or whatever except we had both been killed one after the other because they got to take two turns because it was like there was three living brains and like one of them killed me in one hit and then the other one killed her in one hit and then we're both dead on the ground and it's like stuck in the tutorial where it's like this is how you revive people but there's nobody left to revive anyone so it's just never switching over to my turn it just says it's still the living brains turn and it's just like literally broken it's like literally i can't progress with the game because i've been Damn. i've been killed and there's a bug here that is stopping me from pro- progressing at all uh mm. or even like allowing me to like you know prompting me to reload even um so like if you are playing this game if, if the bugs don't bother you uh mash that f5 key and fucking auto, like be, be yeah, quick saving a, a good, lot yeah 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 quick save quick save yeah. that's def- definitely what i would say we should um we should talk about some of the mechanics yeah this, we should in this in this bad boy because i think um i, I again i have not played you know that many uh western rpgs and of course you know most of them say some variation of like yeah, it's like, you know, it's based on uh, version edition three of D&D rules or like whatever, these old ones. And um, and and like when I play D&D, I think one of the and I don't play it a ton, but when I have played like Pathfinder or D&D itself or some other games, um, I, I do get really into the minutia of taking turns like I do kind of dig that. I love. I love the roles for, you know, uh, initiative. I love, you know, skill checks. I love all that stuff. And this game really like shows doesn't tell with a lot of that stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I more than I've experienced in a game like this. So you, you see roles that actually happen with like literally the real, uh, there's an icon with a real a die D20, yeah. like a 20 sided die rolling yep. on the screen. Which is really cool. You you have a lot of opportunities for those skill checks. So like I built a, a halfling that was extremely charismatic and good at conversation and investigation and perception. And so there were just a lot of like, you know, I could notice that in the early going and this is kind of kind of gross. So I guess content warning. Yeah. You see you see a dude just on a table with his a whole ass brain out. And yeah. mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, oh, man, my fucking brain's out. And then the brain starts talking and you're like, wait, what? And you just need to decide what to do with this brain. And that, you know, these early moments of um, what feels like uh, opportunity, like just a lot of different ways something can go. That is really the thing that I think video games don't capture often about um, table you know, that, that tabletop games actually capture very well, which is just kind of like, here are all the different options that you have. And I felt very free in a moment in a video game that I hadn't in a while, which was like, what the fuck do you want to do with this brain? And the narrator was like, what What are you going to do? It was like a DM walking you through this interaction, which, it, it, which it, made it will literally, so many. Yeah, 
it'll literally give you new options based on like, hey, is your perception skill high enough that right. you notice something here? And yep. then there will be a thing. Disco Elysium does this same thing because Disco Elysium. Yeah, they also did that really well. Dice. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Um, where it's like, hey, um, you you look over at this thing and it's like, hey, there was a perception check here where it's like, bec- or or you have like some specific skill in the D&D sense of like, ah, you do a religion check and, you know, because you know about religion, you can s- bring up this important factoid here or whatever. In my case with the living brain, um, I decided to yank the brain out of this guy's body. And when I did it, like the the person on the uh the narrator was like hey if you um like nick like an artery here or there or whatever you could basically make this thing obedient to you uh and and make sure it never turns on you um and then oh but it might make it weaker like it might be like less powerful in combat yeah so so of course i just i made i made this dumbass brain as strong as i could and it was just like it's fine let's just like just destroyed it this you did it really turns into, it turns into a fucking dog natalie it Damn becomes it. a party member yeah it becomes a party member that is a dog that's it's it's a brain dog and yeah. it's like let's it's go cool. with this like really weird voice and it's like all right let's go and yeah, does um, it, isn't his voice like let's go let's well go, it, let's it, go. it shifts it like shifts oh. to like there's this childlike way and then it kind of shifts into a bit of a deeper, almost distorted tone. It's very cool. Oh. It sounds like the fucking oracles from Chronicles of Riddick. It does. It does. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Kill the Riddick. Kill the Riddick. Yeah, exactly. God, Kill you're the right. Vampire. Jesus. I had not thought about them in a million years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh that's pretty accurate. But like and, and there were things just like, you know, jumping a gap. You have to be like, okay, I'm going to jump this gap. And you've got to basically, um, I didn't have to like cross a skill check, but there were just thing, elements of it that felt very, okay, you're in a room. Here's how you set up the room. Okay. Like, do you notice these things about it? Like there are things that unfolded that I was very excited about. And I guess you're right, Steven. I hadn't really felt that way since, um, since Cisco Elysium. I think mm. that's really if I were to draw an analog, that's where I would take it, not to things like the other Baldur's Gate games or or other games that are kind of Western RPGs, aside from Disco Elysium, which I think like that's kind of what this game made me feel like. It's just in this very D&D high fantasy world. And um, I I don't know that that set my brain on fire. Just a lot of those really fun interactions. And I was like, oh, I could do this for 100 hours like easy like that that was very appealing to me i mean for me on the on the combat side of things the way that those interactions uh worked out that right i said this on fan width as well uh yesterday <clears throat> but one of my favorite uh, moments in that thing was like i actually find uh i do not like i've played a lot of DD, like real DD uh here and there never like super long campaigns but many campaigns over the course of my life and i always bounce off of it after not too long because i just don't love that system yeah i'd like a lot of other uh tabletop role-playing games way better uh because the action bonus action stuff is so limiting yeah and and the very binary pass fail stuff and not incorporating things like mixed successes which has become a very important part of ttrpgs and yeah um when i got into combat during one point there um on the side of this ship as we're like uh fighting a bunch of imps that are invading the ship as it's like crashing and whatnot um 
they uh, we're, we're hanging off the side of the off uh, the side of the ship, and I've used all my uh, actions in combat that turn my my big actions. But this game has like a Monkey Island or like Scum Game style like verb list where it's like you know push, yeah. pull, pick up, move, all that stuff. And those are all bonus actions, which is how D&D works. D&D is just like there are a bunch of very like if you can make the case of like ah, reaching into my pocket is a bonus action because it's like it doesn't require much like effort. Um, And in this case, they, you know, they've picked a few that like seem like they are going to be the most universally applicable in in most situations. And I, you know, came up to this imp on the side of this spaceship as we're like flying through the air. And I was like, I wonder, like, I can't kill it. It's going to attack me on this next turn. I've got no health because this game is kind of brutally hard. Um, what if I just push it? What if I just shove it? <laughs> and I hit shove. I hit the like the, the shove button. And it, my character just like pushes it like a fucking high school bully off the side of this spaceship. And it goes careening off into hell, <laughs> flying so off the side of the ship. And it just like pops up Incredible. 10 XP. And it was an instant kill. And there's like an animation for it and everything. And it's just like, fuck yeah, that yeah, worked. That's good. That shit's good. The, the yeah. moments of just like, oh, fuck, that worked. Like that, that just feels so, 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 so good. Um, and there's a lot of that. And I, I I get the sense that they're going to stretch that out over a very long uh, narrative experience, which is very exciting. So, yeah, I think there was a little bit of that, actually, a fair bit of that magic in Divinity Original Sin 2, where a lot a of the ton time, of it, yeah. so much, like in the middle of battle, you're like, that worked? Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I could do that, huh? Or something just goes so chaotically wrong, and you're like, oh, shit, that worked, and that was Every- not supposed to work. <laughs> Everything's on fucking fire all the time in yes. Divinity Original Sin 2. Exactly, and so I think it's it's like a beautiful marriage. Like, I, I think it really suits the studio and the way that it um, thinks about combat. I just, I, I guess also it's all, it's just not for me. Like, I think, I think if it was any other studio, I wouldn't appreciate it as much. But even as much as I appreciate it, I guess I prefer just the the typical sort of RPG thing. Like, like the whole weapon stats thing is a little confusing to me, even though it's already been explained to me. And... I miss the whole budgeting action points because the system, in, in a lot of ways, it's so similar to Divinity Original Sin 2's that you can't help but compare it. Like at this yeah. point, it's like a Larian Studios yeah. system. Some of the UI is literally just pulled out of that game. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I can't help but compare it. And so it's it's similar enough and also different enough that I'm just kind of like, uh, I really miss the sort of typical RPG sort of system that they had last time. And this one's a little complicated for me, but, but I do like the, I, I like how it feels less like a video game in that way, but I don't know. Like, it's, it's going to be an adjustment, I think. It's definitely an adjustment for me. It's definitely a mixed bag because I, in terms of the system, in uh, regarding like dialogue and stuff like I think that's really cool and I really like for example playing or intending to play someone who is more diplomatic and like a cleric who wants to heal people and stuff but a lot of the time when I made choices it was intimidation that worked for me instead of wisdom or like choices that depended on intelligence or on another sort of trait and so I, I really liked not being gated from that at the same time I'm 
I'm a micromanager. I I like to just try to control everything in an RPG, especially one that will span hundreds of hours. I like feeling like I have control over all my decisions. And again, like we've said several times before, the auto save is brutal in this game. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the time, I I stuck with my choices not because I. I felt like I liked them in the end, but because it had been so long since I had auto save that I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking do that all over again. Like, I, I rolled too many dice and had too many strokes of luck for me to just sort of go back on those for this one part. So I just decided to stick with those. Um, yeah, and it's it's definitely an adjustment. Um, it's not gonna be for everyone. It's not for me, but I also like I'm. I'm excited to see how it functions and how it'll unfold for me. Yeah. I like the game in spite of it and not because of it, but I know a lot of people that will love it. And I know a lot of people that will just kind of like, mm, like I do prefer the sort of standard RPG system, not w- Dungeons and Dragons. I was just going to say too, like, I think that's kind of a good way to put a bow on it and kind of start to wrap up the show is it seems like, at least in early access, the image that I'm getting of Baldur's Gate 3 right now is that they are trying to, Larian is trying to spin a lot of plates and appeal to like a lot of different kinds of RPG fan and bring a lot of ideas to those kinds of fans, like, like kind of bridge the gap where the, you know, much more intense, um, combat of like an original sin two, like the the top down sort of um, tactical stuff, plus a lot of the like dice roll, like live with your decision type stuff from a, something like a Disco Elysium, plus the cinematic um, like really high level quality uh, in the presentation of a uh, Dragon Age or a Mass Effect or whatever. Like you know, those can bring in a lot of different groups to perhaps try something that they haven't tried before, and that's going to be a really really big soup for them to try and cook this like whole time and you know the idea that you know maybe that is one of the reasons it's an early access is because it's a lot of different things you know kind of that aren't necessarily usually um bonded together in games like this it's usually you pick a lane and stick with it yeah i think you actually perfectly explained why this game is probably an early access i think you're right i mean i I hadn't really it hadn't really dawned on me that a lot of this uh, specific kind of interaction and combat mechanic stuff was probably new to folks that had not really been super into tabletop stuff. Yeah. And so kind of layering that into what looks like a very modern, almost Bioware RPG is um, like, that's a big move. Like it's, there's a lot to juggle there. And yeah. especially with all the character interaction stuff that they're, they're teasing and showing us in the early access stuff. Yeah. I think it's uh it's a it's a complex stew, I would say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say is uh, completely unrelated to Baldur's Gate three. I just feel like we'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, I checked out a little bit of Genshin Impact um, this morning, finally, and yeah. that, as that seems to be the fucking RPG topic du jour, I just wanted yeah. people to know that we didn't completely miss that. There's a lot no, of really great stuff on the site. We didn't miss it. We have, we have some great guides on the site, and um, I don't know if we don't some have features a ton. forthcoming too. Yeah, if we don't have a ton going on next week with uh, with the show, we might we might talk about it because I played for a few hours. And uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely worth uh, discussing on an episode. We just uh, yeah, we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think I should start time. playing it. I mean, it's free. It's I think free. you would like it, Natalie. You know, 
carve out carve out a good day day and a half to get that download going i think uh, i think when they, I fi- downloaded I think it, they the, fixed the it. speeds were fixed okay all right they fixed the speeds all right that's good i just uh, see a lot of cute girls and i'm like oh yeah on one yeah, yeah, hand yeah. Mm, yeah. waifus on the other hand hmm waifus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh mm. but yeah we may we may talk about that next week or something yeah. But until next week, we're going to wrap things up here. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. If you want to uh, show your appreciation to us for this kind of show, you can tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody you think might enjoy this sort of thing. That is the only way we can grow. Another way that you can just kind of like show your appreciation is by going to your podcast feed of choice and leaving us a rating or a review. That is always very nice. And if you want to just follow us more directly, you can do so usually on Twitter. I'm at Steven Strum on Twitter. Natalie, where can people find you you can find me at hardy Misia. that's hard i am e-c-i-a and john where can people find you you can find me on twitter at floppy adult and you can find our wonderful producer jordan mallory who produces this show and pretty much everything else we do at fanbite these days at jordan underscore mallory on twitter uh you can also find the rest of the shows that we do on fanbite.com slash podcasts or go to fanbite.casa to join our discord community where we have a bunch of lovely people (laughs) who in point of fact play a lot of tabletop rpgs together um they play a lot of different kinds of things uh together in point of fact uh with uh community game night and uh it's a cool time with a lot of cool people and a good kind of conversation to be a part of i think yeah uh, that's gonna do it for us this week oh follow us on fanbyte media on twitter do it we're oh, yeah. verified now that's you have no yes. excuse anymore we we, we are yeah. verified so if you yeah if you're worried about following accounts that aren't verified we right. are verified now so you can do mm. that finally yeah <laughs> yeah you can keep website. the feed clean mm. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, until next week we're gonna say what we always do to send everybody off home into their new uh worlds and their new dimensions and planes and that is to take a big hearty. Oh, we missed you doing it for us last week. I'm so glad we could have it again. You Me are too. unmatched. Thank you.